This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And today we have another one of those really interesting questions, Pastor Michael. I'm ready. What does endurance look like in an abusive marital relationship? What do you say? I think it's so sad that this even has to be asked. And yet this is. is the case for, gosh, so many women, a few men, primarily women who have to endure this. And so... Um, on the front end, um, just want to say, you know, our goal in this is to be as loving and helpful as humanly possible. Um, if you're a dude who is abusing, um, a woman or a child or somebody who's weaker, um, please get help and stop, stop being an idiot. And, um, I don't know if that's the nicest thing to say in a podcast, but I can't think of another thing to say. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, let's just start with, um, what is abuse? Let's define it, and then we'll talk through this. Abuse is the mistreatment or misuse of, I mean, virtually anything. You can abuse alcohol. You can abuse coffee. You can abuse um, people. And uh, it's always rooted in selfishness and um, and in power. And so mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, abuse is about selfishly using somebody, putting them in submission for my own benefit power and uh, it's just it's always evil all the time 24 7 and so the um, person asking this question specifically is asking about marital abuse and uh, particularly in marriage in the family and so never ever 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 is it acceptable i hope that's clear Um, i hope everybody knows that but just in case it's not let's say that so just speak about the different kinds of abuse yeah you know so we have verbal and emotional abuse and these are honestly harder to diagnose. Um, The best way to diagnose these is through a third party who is listening when the abuser does not know that they're listening. So we have actually intervened in some marriages and we have had one of the spouses record um, the words of the other person when they didn't know they were being recorded. And um, oftentimes if there is going to be a woman abusing a man, it's going to be on the verbal emotional side, constant berating, incredibly difficult name calling, but we're talking levels that are just beyond most arguments. And so I've had the unfortunate privilege of listening to some of these tapes and it's just so sad. Um, When people think they're being watched, they are a much better version of themselves. So uh, verbal and emotional, those are two that, again, they're hard to diagnose if you're in the relationship sometimes, but a third party who is wise, I think, can hear these things. So we, yeah, we encourage people, record the conversations, do whatever you can to get it recorded and don't let them know. Otherwise, they'll never actually be fully exposed for what's going on. Um, Physical and sexual abuse are very clear. You know it when you are experiencing somebody laying hands on you to submit you against your desire. Um, and so it starts with just that kind of physicality and it um, escalates to um, wounding you, leaving marks, bruises, blood, mm-hmm. punching, the list goes higher and higher. But anytime somebody lays their hands on another human being to exert force over them and to put them in submission against their will, um, almost always is going to be called abuse. The only exception to this is going to be when you have a little child 
who's running away from you and you need to grab them and control them. That's a different category. That's not abuse. That's protection. Um, That would be discipline. But husbands are not commissioned to physically discipline their wives. Right. Ever. That's not a biblical concept. It's not a human concept. It's immoral everywhere all the time. And then sexual abuse is very simply using any kind of sexuality against another person's will or desire. And um, anybody who has been sexually or physically abused knows it. Mm-hmm. There are there are some men who um, will grab somebody and they think it's normal. I'm amazed often how some men do not understand that grabbing a woman physically is not okay. Like in their brain, it's fine. Maybe their dad did it and they just grew up with that or whatever. But I am truly amazed at what some men have a hard time understanding is just just wrong. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, our culture has a very high value of never, ever intruding upon somebody sexually um, without their full consent. And I I appreciate that about our culture. And so um, the experience of safety, I would say particularly for women, women, is one of the most important things that every man should provide for the children and for the wife. Um, every woman also should be able to provide an environment of safety, uh, just an incredibly high value. You know, the whole world is so um, crazy. Like our home should be the safest, safest place, place that we can possibly be. And when there's any kind of abuse, home becomes the least safe place for people. So I wanna I wanna start and give a couple steps to take. Um, and so number one is you need to ask somebody for help. Um, oftentimes people who are abused ask and ask and ask the person to stop. They try to have conversations. They say, oh, it'll never happen again. And then it does. And it's a vicious cycle. And uh, here's the reality is that abusers don't stop until they are caught and publicly exposed. Correct. It is an unfortunate reality. And even then, if they don't have the ongoing concern for being caught again, will revert back often into those cycles uh, of abuse. And so um, the person who is who is being abused has to figure out how to muster up and find the courage and the strength to let a safe third party know. So any kind of Christian counselor or pastor will be one of the most safe places mm-hmm. that you can go to. You may have a family member that you have high confidence in, but until the person being abused tells somebody the only other way people are going to find out is if the abuse gets so bad that people start to notice it and obviously we would rather the person just go find a safe place people Mm -hmm. don't tell because they're afraid that it will get worse as soon as they find out as soon as the abuser finds out Um, and so working with a third party the reason i say a counselor particularly a christian counselor or pastor is because what we are equipped to do is to help you figure out and put a plan together that will create the most safe environment for you and your children and also isolate the abuser and the abuse. And uh, unfortunately, we've been in these kind of circumstances Mm -hmm. and have a very high success rate of protecting um, the wife and the children Mm -hmm. typically um, from the husband. So number three is going to be collaborating with third parties for a short-term and a long-term strategy. Almost always in physical and sexual abuse, um, the the wife and the children need to leave the home or the husband preferably would leave the home for a period of time. And this is where, honestly, it's not just something where you go to counseling once a week. This is something where, this is why being in a church is so great, Um, a group of people come around this family and help them in the short-term and in the long-term parameters are put into place. Um, one of the things to be aware of particularly is that when men are caught and exposed, they're embarrassed 
and in private they will rage. Mm. And so the one thing mm-hmm. that men don't want is their true self being seen, this ugliness. And so this is why the strategy of a wife working with a third party in terms of how they communicate what's going on is so essential. If a wife tells a pastor, goes home and tells her abusive husband what happened, it will not go well for Mm -hmm. that woman. And so um, part of that courage is knowing as soon as I tell somebody, a plan is going to be put into place immediately to protect the wife, the children, and to begin some kind of healing, redemption, restoration immediately. And that's the goal is to restore the relationship to a healthy state. Every time. And and this is where Christians, let's be clear, get a bad rap, okay? Because in the world, abuse is a legitimate reason to divorce immediately and to sever all ties and relationships. And in the Bible, um, that is not given as a legitimate reason for divorce. What I will say, I Christians need to be really, really good at making distinctives between separation and divorce. And so we have had to take women and children out of a home or a husband out of a home to protect them in long-term separation. And long-term and short-term separation are always done with the goal of the abuser's healing, restoration, and redemption, and Mm -hmm. repentance. Like, those are the goal. We don't really ever take somebody out of the home to punish somebody. We take somebody out of the home to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, again, if you're not a Christian, you might be hearing this and saying, divorce them and walk away. Well, we want to see this darkness healed because if it's not, it's just going to happen to the next one. Right. The pattern will be ingrained. It'll just be ingrained. And, um, yeah, so – is there hope for my marriage? There is hope for every marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter how bleak this gets, there is hope. But I can't tell you that um, the husband is going to be responsive. I can't promise you that it's going to be short. I, I, but I can't promise you it's going to be excruciating. It's going to be humiliating. It's going to be hard. Um, it's going to be difficult for everybody. But God loves taking the most broken of circumstances, shining the light and hope of Jesus Christ into it and seeing beautiful and public redemption. Um, yeah. So, Michael, why don't you give the person that's asking the question about their friend? And they may say the question like this. What if I've got a friend that's being physically abused? Yeah. What would you advise them? Well, here you have to know this. If they haven't gotten help already, they're likely not going to get help. Um, and they will need an intervention. And so um, I think as soon as you find this out, your actions need to be quick mm-hmm. because um, you never know what the next abusive experience is going to be like. You don't know how bad it's going to get. You don't know when the tipping point of black eyes goes to something deeper and darker. And it might be that night. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't know. So um, you you have to be prepared to have a few immediate steps. And number one is you go talk to your friend and you say, are you willing to get help? Um, or, let's do this now. And if they're not, here's typically, I think, a really powerful um, uh, approach. You can look at them and say, you have 24 hours to come tell Pastor Michael or Pastor Tim. And if you don't do that, here's what I want you to know. I am prepared to go do that. Mm-hmm. And I have already set up a meeting with them um, expecting that you would have a hard time with this. And I know that might make you not like me. Um, and what I can guarantee you is that they will protect you and protect your husband from unnecessary embarrassment and unnecessary harm. So the ball's in your court. We mm-hmm. can either go now, but you've got 24 hours. And if you don't do it, um, now you may need to say you have two hours 
because mm-hmm. of the severity of the circumstance. I don't know. You got to be wise, you know, in that circumstance. And then um, when you have the discussion, let's say your friend will not go to the pastor to talk to them or to the counselor. Then when you do, you need to prepare to go have that conversation. And when you have it, you need to let the wife know immediately so she knows that somebody else knows real time. She should never be surprised by anything mm-hmm. you do ever. And then really the, the the goal at this point is to get you and a pastor or counselor or professional who knows how to handle this and the person being abused in a room together to talk about the plan. Now, I'm not going to go farther than that because every circumstance is unique, but the plan needs to be formulated and it needs to be done with the person who's being abused, the professional, and we'll call it an advocate, a third person who is there to help walk that person through this. And the plan could look very different for every circumstance, but the goal is you get that person in a room with a professional and you get together and put a plan in place. Yeah. And one of the things that Every abuser tries to lie to themselves and mm-hmm. say, well, it was an only, it's only one time or it's only when this happens. It's my fault. They'll, they promise never to do it again. Mm. And they believe those lies yep. and don't seek long-term help. Totally. Don't seek long-term solution to this abusive relationship. Yep. Physical abuse is always built on the foundation of emotional abuse and manipulation. And so the person oftentimes feels like it's their fault, which is not you true. Yeah, you, you and me, we're not in an abusive relationship. So that seems like a crazy thought. But um, but the fact that many, many women have believed that they deserve this or it's their fault just shows the level mm-hmm. um, of abuse that's gone on. And, and so our goal is to free people from any of these circumstances and to let Jesus shine into these and see really amazing and beautiful healing. Thank you, Michael, for answering that question with sensitivity and care. Don't forget, you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just find the link that says Q&A podcast question. Listeners, please join us over the next few days as we discuss what the Bible says about singleness. Singleness.